Hello, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we're very grateful you all could join us today. And we'll begin with our morning prayer. I'm reading from Addenda to Collectania, page 8, and Science and Health, 205. Pray God to help you awake to the claims of error and awake to the truth that destroys them. Whenever error would try to make sin, sickness, and disease or death real, good overrules it, and it makes them unreal to us. Good reverses every evil argument and effort and brings out the opposite good. Declare continually your own perfection and freedom and let the true and divine idea destroy the mesmerism that argues that you are sad and unhappy. This idea is your savior. God created all through mind and made them all perfect and eternal. All Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you very much. Good treatment. Okay, the watching point. Watch number 182. Watch lest you judge the experience of the master or of Mrs. Eddy from the standpoint of effect instead of cause. When one contemplates the miracles of the master and the present day achievements of Mary Baker Eddy, it savors of temerity and presumption. In fact, it seems impossible even to suggest the possibility of duplicating them. But when one learns that their works were the works of God, divine mind, operating through them by reflection, and one can trace back to cause and perceive the possibility of anyone who really desires to being able to follow their footsteps. When Mrs. Eddy wrote in the book of presidents, quote, follow my teachings only so far as they follow Christ in word and deed, end quote. It might seem presumptuous for one to admit that he might follow Christ or to assume that he could determine whether Mrs. Eddy's teachings followed Christ. Yet, to do this is the demand of Christian science. It is only by understanding cause that one sees the possibility of following Christ unfolded. When both the Master and our leader, with both the Master and our leader, it was their human emptiness that enabled God to work through them, end quote. Thank you. Part of that watching point we edited out because it wasn't appropriate. And um, also, I, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of the Book of Presidents. I, I don't, no. I've never heard they of that. If you have, let us know. Yeah, if you have, <laughs> let us know. Um, I think she said that in other places, right, about following the Christ. That's okay. So, I've seen it. Miscellaneous writing somewhere. I've seen yeah, it. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it's something we quote often. So, um, all right. Well, any comments on that watching point? What is it telling us? Well, I think if we don't understand um, what Mrs. Eddy and, and Jesus was teaching us about their oneness with the cause, and that they understood that so clearly that that it was the cause, it was God, it was divine principle that was working through them, that they, they always pointed back to cause. They never pointed to themselves as doing anything as of themselves. So that's what um, tells us that we can do the same thing if we know what is operating when it says um, their human emptiness, with both the master and our leader, it was their human emptiness that enabled God to work through them. So it was their total um, uh, just understanding who they were and that their 
selfhood was God's selfhood. And um, so, thank you. Anyone else? That's a good. I think it means that there's only one cause, one primal cause. That's why all mankind can be this reflection. Because it's nothing special to any, any, anyone anywhere. Thank all you. one reflecting God, Christ. Mm-hmm. That's it. And all of us. I mean, we can feel some of these works, all of us, are are so daunting. How could we ever do anything even comparable? But when we know it's God working, well, then, yes, we can. It's only when you have a personal sense of it that you think you can't. It's God working. Anyone else? And to, to, to say we can't is to really deny the infinitude, his infinitude, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Sweet. Which is disobedience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, when you know better, it's a sin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And also where it says, um, it might seem presumptuous for one to admit that he might follow Christ or to assume that he could determine whether, determine whether Mrs. Eddy's teachings followed Christ. Yet to do this is the demand of Christian science. So it is demanded in Christian science that we understand Mrs. Eddy's um, place, that we understand who she, will, who she truly is, because then if you do, then you know that her working, what she did, was the Christ being revealed um, through her as the second as the comforter that was promised. Absolutely. And she even told us, follow me only insofar as I follow Christ, right? And that was in the watching yeah. point. Yeah. So, you know, so she required it. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't looking for personal worship. No, she was not. No. And I, I, it reminded me of, I don't know, I when I was in California as a kid going to Christian churches, you know, in those churches, Jesus was God. And it always was weird when in the Bible when he would say, you know, these works you can do. Well, saying he's God kind of makes him a liar. But well. you know, <laughs> yeah. and that, and that, even as a kid, that's felt really wrong. So. Yeah, that's a hard one to understand. It's nowhere does he say that he's God, and yet all these, well, some religions claim that he is God. He's the son of God. That's a difference. So, all right, our subject today is God, the only cause and creator. And Lil, you want to read the watching point? Excuse me, the golden text. <laughs> I already did the watching point. <laughs> I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. You know, this is a beautiful treatment for yourself, to, to state this to yourself. You're praising God. Do you, do you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? And that does your soul know it right, right well? And how marvelous are the works? And this is not arrogance. It's not. No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Telling you, we think. Glory to God. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not our, our vanity or any of that. It's it's acknowledging God's God's presence and power in our lives, and it, it is the truth. And the more we acknowledge it, the more we will have it. The more you're thinking about this is wrong and that's wrong and all of this is wrong. Unfortunately, the more you will have that in in the Adam dream, in belief, not in truth. Because in truth, it never is true. couldn't be true. He made us wonderfully made. So let's see, Carol, would you read the responsive reading for us? I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, 
as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. For as the earth bring, bringeth forth bud, and the garden causeth the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands, and recompensest the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name, great in counsel and mighty in work. For thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give every one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Thank you. Another beautiful and complete treatment for us all. Um, I'm going to have Gary read something that uh, Candy sent to me. It's very interesting. Um, it's about Pearl Harbor. And anyway, we'll read it and then, uh, then I'll discuss it a little bit. This is written by uh, James L. Hawley. October 2019. I have a master's degree in history, and I did not know this. John Guy writes, what God did at Pearl Harbor that day is interesting, and I never knew this little bit of history. Tour boats ferry people out to the USS Arizona Memorial in Hawaii every 30 minutes. We just missed a ferry and had to wait 30 minutes. I went into a small gift shop to kill time. In the gift shop, I purchased a small book entitled Reflections on Pearl Harbor by Admiral Chester Nimitz. Sunday, December 7, 1941. Admiral Chester Nimitz was attending a concert in Washington, D.C. He was paged and told that there was a phone call for him. When he answered the phone, it was President Franklin Delano Roosevelt on the phone. He told Admiral Nimitz that he, Nimitz, would now be the commander of the Pacific Fleet. Admiral Nimitz flew to Hawaii to assume command of the Pacific Fleet. He landed at Pearl Harbor on Christmas Eve, 1941. There was such a spirit of despair, dejection, and defeat. You would have thought the Japanese had already won the war. On Christmas Day, 1941, Admiral Nimitz was given a boat tour of the destruction wrought on Pearl Harbor by the Japanese. Big sunken battleships and Navy vessels cluttered the waters everywhere you looked. As the tour boat returned to dock, the young helmsman on the bo boat asked, Well, Admiral, what do you think after seeing all this destruction? Admiral Nimitz's reply shocked everyone with the sound of his voice. Admiral Nimitz said, the Japanese made three of the biggest mistakes an attack force could ever make, or God was taking care of America. Which do you think it was? Shocked and surprised, the young helmsman asked, what do you mean by saying the Japanese made the three biggest mistakes an attack force ever made? Nimitz explained, mistake number one, the Japanese attacked on Sunday morning Nine out of every ten crewmen of those ships were ashore on leave. If those same ships had been lured to sea and been sunk, we would have lost 38,000 men instead of 3,800. Mistake number two. When the Japanese saw all those battleships lined in a row, they got so carried away sinking those battleships, they never once bombed our dry docks opposite the ships. If they had destroyed our dry docks, we would have had to tow every one of those ships to America to be repaired. As it is now, the ships are in shallow water and can be raised. One tug can pull them over to the dry docks, and we can have them repaired and at sea by the time we could have towed them to America. <laughs> and I already have crews ashore anxious to man those ships. Mistake number three. Every drop of fuel in the Pacific Theater of War is on top of the ground storage tanks five miles away over that hill. 
One attack plane could have strafed those tanks and destroyed our fuel supply. That's why I say the Japanese made three of the biggest mistakes an attack force could make, or God was taking care of America. I've never forgotten what I read in that little book. It is still an inspiration as I reflect upon it. In jest, I might suggest that because Admiral Nimitz was a Texan, born and raised in Fredericksburg, Texas, he was an optimist. (laughs) (laughs) But any way you look at it, Admiral Nimitz was able to see a silver lining in a situation and circumstance where everyone else saw only despair and defeatism. President Roosevelt had chosen the right man for the right job. We desperately needed a leader that could see silver lining in the midst of the clouds of dejection, despair, and defeat. There is a reason that our national motto is, in God we trust. Why have we forgotten? Pray for our country. In God we trust. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it truly is a wonderful story because think of what could have happened and didn't. And I, I bring this out because sometimes I don't hear it much anymore, but I used to, you know, well, or, or watches doing any good. And um, we have no idea what good the watches mm-hmm. are doing. Look at Look at what happened and how our country had been very much protected in many ways. And you can bet that there were good Christians watching and praying in the United States for the United States and for the world. This was in 1941. And at that point, you know, Mrs. Evans had told us that the movement particularly went down after the 40s. So... Um, there was good watching and praying. And there is again now with us working the way we do. But we must never doubt that God is in the midst. And I think I've, I've talked about this before, about you know 9-11, and, and we are in that area, and all the wonderful stories we heard of protection, of people in our church who was protected, mm-hmm. someone who missed miss the train if she'd gone into the first train she would have been right there when all of that happened she missed it she overslept so she was totally protected um gary knew of someone who was supposed to be on that flight right a friend of mine was booked on one of those planes to fly from boston to los angeles and he doesn't know why but at the last minute he canceled his reservation for no apparent reason he just felt like he had to cancel it and he did and he was not on the plane and he framed he framed that ticket (laughs) (laughs) so so never forget this god is working we have to be working and how many times have we been protected over and over you hear the stories you know people in cars or trains or whatever their protection there was a book written once too that um that in it's a known fact when there have been, say, some calamity or accident on a train or a plane, the number of people that were supposed to show up and be on that plane has declined. In other words, people got the message, don't go today. So this is the wonderful importance of you having your spiritual sense working and sharpened. And it's why I, too, I love this hymn, 115. Holy Father, thou hast taught us we should live to thee alone. Year by year, thy hand hath wrought us on through dangers oft unknown. When we wandered, thou hast found us. When we doubted, sent us light. Still thine arm has been around us. All our paths were in thy sight. We would trust in thy protecting. Holy rest upon thine arm. Follow wholly thy directing. Thou our only guard from harm. Keep us from our own undoing. Help us turn to thee when tried. Still our strength in thee renewing. Keep us ever at thy side. How true is that? Oft through dangers. On through dangers, oft unknown. 
God is protecting us in many, many ways, and many times we don't even know it. So don't ever doubt it or stop thanking him, praising him, knowing he has been in the the midst, even in what seems to be one of the worst calamities ever. He was there with us. Any any more comments on that? I, I one thing was my wife, who I <clears throat> of course I saw her. She's not a Christian Science, but I saw some good in there before we got together. And uh, when we moved out here and got she got married to me, you know, from Christian Science for some time. One of her friends who who she liked, regardless of what her family said, followed her a year or so later, and. And I kind of always thought that that was because she saw something good in us. And she fell asleep and was late that same day for 9-11. And so she would have been there. So I kind of think that she was protected because she saw a glimmer in Debbie and I. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So many beautiful stories like that. Anyone else? I just feel that the preventative effects of just walking with God and certainly with the understanding of Christian science is far greater than even the, you know, so-called curative things that happen that we turn to God then. But the, we will never know how much we are protected from just walking that way. Thank you. That is so true. And I, I do. I'm all in favor of the preventative aspects of the science. Mm-hmm rather than waiting till a problem occurs. And, and this is why, you know, it, it's, it had to do with our watch last night, um, the watch message, that uh, our work for the world requires consistency and watchfulness. Animal magnetism cannot suggest we put our armor down nor make us think we tire of this blessed work. We must never put that armor down it's always got to be up and as was said in in the watch in a way that summer's approaching now um a lot of the restrictions that people have been under for so long are over you know disney world's opened up other places and we must be all the more vigilant in our work we don't let down at all there's been a lot of shaking going on a huge amount of shaking Some of it has turned people more steadfastly to God Almighty, and thank God for that. Some of it has turned people more to Materia Medica. And this is what we face. This is why we keep working. We've got to break it. We've got to break that spell, the hold it has. It's God that heals. He's the healer. And um, so don't let down and, and and in our work always remember what the purpose of christian science is it's not to make our lives pleasant it's to destroy the belief in of sin for all mankind so we have a lot of work to do and what a joy it ought to be for us to do the work with the anchorage that Kimball says, God with us is the anchorage. So, thank you. Don't forget, God with us. God with us, Emmanuel, always. And our, our work continues. Um, feel it, feel it so strongly, and we can be grateful for all the tremendous good that's gone on, all the uncovering, and uh, yes, people turning more wholeheartedly to God, because there is no other answer. But in the meantime, the red dragon is still roaring about, it would seem, trying to get people (laughs) convinced that he's real, he's the answer, and he is not. So. Well, if you'd like another example. So if I looked at my uh, regular schedule uh, going to work, I would have been right there uh when the um when the plane hit the first building um outside okay just right underneath where it would have hit the building but uh that day i had a uh, conference call with people in london 
so which was earlier because of the time difference. So I uh, got to work earlier, which means I was completely on the other side of the West Side Highway. It's gone to my office uh, on that day because of the conference call. Thank you. Thank you. I know. And our, our son went to, to law school right across from that area, too. He didn't go that day. I mean, there's just time and time again, God's protecting power. So, um, and, and it goes on. And as I said, sometimes we don't even know it. We don't even know just as that story about Pearl Harbor. And thank goodness someone did have the eyes to see and to know and, and to see how worse it might have been. So, it wasn't. And was not. Yeah, that Nimitz story just—it just felt like a good example of we are trouble on every side, yet not distressed. Yes, thank you. That's right, a perfect example. So, so I thank Candy for sending that to me. I certainly never would have heard of that, and it was very enlightening and encouraging. So, you know, that's a really important story. I'm so glad you brought that up because all my life, all I've been hearing about these raging controversy over whether FDR knew or didn't know. And I had a history professor who wrote a lot of World War II history books, and he said, absolutely no way. Um, but that all covers, hides, like, what that book was just about, what Ad Admiral Nimitz wrote about. Because people are so focused on what did FDR know or not know. Yeah. That's it. They don't, they don't know the broader story. Yes. So I think that's fascinating. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is. And 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 do our children ever learn this history? No. They will never hear this history. We should have a whole section of uh, true history stories of, of God's protection. <laughs> Carving through the opinion and noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's always any good thing that's ever happened, it's been because of God. And... And even so much more that we're not aware of. So we can all just thank God for all the lives that were saved and the protection that did happen on that infamous day, as they call it. Um, he was in the middle of it, despite it all. So, <clears throat> all right, the, the Bible, all about Genesis and the beautiful. God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Um, Carrie had sent me something from an article about the Sabbath day written in 1918 in the journal in which it says the, the Sabbath day is not a period of time or diurnal rotation of the terrestrial globe. It is that degree of unfoldment when through repentance and regeneration, the human mind has been cleansed of all error and mortality thus bringing to humanity the recognition and realization of God's allness. It is spiritual understanding, individualized and identified as man and the universe. It is that degree of enlightenment when labor and exertion have ceased to be regarded as material and the harmonious activity of divine mind is recognized as ever-present. It is the kingdom of God within us. And, you know, we've been talking about this for quite some time now, the idea of the kingdom of God within us and how important it is that we are recognizing it. And to think of the Sabbath as this day of cleansing and regeneration. Well, we're taught here we do that every day. Every day, keep your thought clear. Keep it ready to hear the voice of God. Don't let it pile up with a lot of error. Um we had a calendar statement about that recently, didn't we? Every day is holy, not just one day a week. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and I think um, this goes along with what Parthens wrote on our forum. Um, I guess I'll have you read it, Jeremy. <clears throat> There came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, 
and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, dejected, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. End quote. And that was Matthew 9. As recorded in Second Kings 3, there was a desperate need for water to ensure, to ensure the survival of great multitudes of people and livestock. The prophet Elisha then spoke, For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, yet that, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. The people obeyed. Then water appeared spontaneously in those ditches without the help of a solitary material drop of rain. Digging a ditch requires removal of soil to create a space for the dish, ditch to exist in the first place. Similarly, this removal of earth symbolizes removing heavy earthbound thoughts of lack, limitation, failure, sin, disease, and death to make way for omnipotence. The Greek word for this important emptying process is kenosis. And he quotes Philippians 2.7, or just mentions it, I'm sorry. Jesus emptied himself daily of mortal mindedness in order to give place to omnipotence that he might work the works of God. The ruler of the synagogue understood this principle of emptying oneself of mortal self and thus, full of understanding, successfully drew near to Christ to fill the place in which mournful belief in his daughter's death would otherwise dominate his mind. The mourners, however, were giving place to death, even singing about it. These mortals, these mourners, symbolized the mortal thoughts that must be silenced, ejected from thought in order to give place to Christ's truth thoughts. Whatever is dominant in my mind will eventually outpicture itself in my life. God grant that I be successful in daily emptying myself by digging ditches, creating spaces in the landscape of my being to give place for him to work through me. And that, you know, that goes back to the watching point about the human emptiness. Um, and, and it's so easy during the day to pick up all of this stuff if we're not careful, especially when we're out at work or marketplace or other places. We have to clear our thought of it, keep it clear, give place. So we have place, give place for God's goodness to enter in. And then, of course, we have to fill it with the good. We don't just leave it empty, as we've talked about. <laughs> Got to fill it with that good or we'll be in trouble. <laughs> so... Any, any more comments on that? I thought that was a good point. Well, I just have to say one, one thing that that made me think of was before coming here, I used to read and research all kinds of stuff. You know, just some of it was just trying to find my way to here, I think. <laughs> but, you know, some of it was just, just trying to learn. But since coming here, I have not felt the need to do that. And whenever there is a, something that I need to learn, I feel like I'm pointed right towards it. So I don't gather that, that extra soil to get rid of, and I'm really grateful for that. So. That's great. And that's living by demonstration, spiritual sense, just directing you so you don't have to, um, yeah, gather up all that stuff that you have to get rid of. And I think Mrs. Eddy even warned some of her students somewhere not not, not to read the, the medical textbooks. You know, don't don't, don't dwell on the uh, symptoms and all that sort of stuff. Um, that that those who are easier to heal are those who have not filled their thought with all these beliefs about the medical cause and effect stuff which is why you know don't 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 google your your symptoms <laughs> <laughs> don't partake of the 
tree of good and evil. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. That it, that Google is very tempting now to a little symptom here. Okay, let me go look it up, and then gives you a whole lot to fill your thought. You know, poison your thought actually with so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, with all that dirt that you got to shovel out to make room. And, you know, that's true, too, of books you read or movies you see. It's hard to get rid of um, 390 to 393 in Signs and Health, blot out the images. But if you put those images in your head in the first place, it's much harder to blot them out than if you, they're, they're not there. So um, try to work to keep your thought pure and chaste. Yeah, I love that in the morning. And if, if you don't fill it up with the good in the morning, there's no buffer for when other things come at you to really, you know, toss them out. It's harder to to do it if you don't fill it up in the morning with all that good stuff, from lessons. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's it's harder to identify the counterfeit if you don't know what the real thing looks like. Yeah, that was talked about in, in Florence's prayer too about the the good that you use right off the sadness and all that. Yes. Yeah. I remember as a child, um, growing, you know, going to school, that I was always excused from um, classes that had to do with the body and um, anatomy, biology, and you know the, what the girls had to go see and what the boys. Had. I was always excused and by my mother, and I never. I only saw it as good. I don't have to see that stuff, but I never. I realized. I was never taught, since I didn't go there, I wasn't taught, well, while they're doing that, what are you doing? You know, what are you thinking? And I never, I was, I was never pointed to, I mean, yes, I was going to Sunday school and everything, but I just saw it as something I didn't have to do. But I really didn't, I, and I appreciated it much later, that I never was filled with all that stuff about the body and everything. But I didn't, wasn't told well, now you think rightly about your body and what you know the, you what you're being taught. I, mean, I I just so I can see. I'm grateful for not having seen it or all those things, but I wasn't taught at the time what I should be knowing, and um, that's important. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can second that. I remember too. I was very grateful. Oh my goodness! And they were dissecting frogs and cats and all that stuff. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> have to do that but yes what was i doing just probably in study period <laughs> how how good to fill it up with the truth um uh, truth about down with the wind <laughs> I, I, I hope not <laughs> anyway um yes and some of you i know this i've talked to you about it but in big now young and i believe kimball as well and they've been kimball was taught directly by Mrs. Eddy, she says in every case, every instance, there are three things you have to handle. Do you know what those are? Cause, law, substance. Yes, cause, law, substance. Cause, and it's in the lesson on page 207 of Science and Health. There is but one primal cause. Therefore, there can be no effect from any other cause and there can be no reality in aught which does not proceed from this great and only cause. Because in every, any problem you have, it tells you there's some cause, right? Other than that there's a reason that it happened. And most people dive into that and think about all the reasons. Well, you're only giving it more power and <laughs> when you do that in belief because you can't in, in reality so you go back to this the only primal there's only one primal cause if, it, if the cause doesn't come from god it has no cause i don't care what mortal mind says is the cause and then law what about law i am all is his I law all. Yeah. yeah what a great law is that capital L, law, and yes, it's only God's law, God's law of good and kindness, which says you can go to the um, bedside of a sick person and 
and be blessed by it, not harmed. Think of all these laws now that have gone out with this nameless nothing. <laughs> you know, goodness me, I haven't followed it. But this, that, and the next thing is, is the cause, is the law all human? And this is how we wipe it all out. Only the one cause, God good. Only the one law, God good. And then the third one. Substance. Yes. No yes. substance in which I can manifest. Yeah. Spirit. If you know you're spiritual, nothing can pin itself on you. It, it's impossible. All these causes and laws, so-called. You're spiritual. You're perfect in him. Because what does Materia Medica say? It says, well, there are laws of biology and laws of chemistry and laws of matter doing this and doing that to itself or to other forms of matter. I mean, it looks for cause in the wrong place and then it, and then it fabricates laws to support what it thinks is a cause. <laughs> And, it, and if it has higher than a 50%, you know, result in the test laboratories, then they, you know, then they say, well, it's law. When in fact, it, it's never law. So any, anytime you're confronted with anything, go, go to these three things and it'll, it'll wipe it out. Cause, law, substance. Put it back to God. You're totally safe there. The era. Yeah. Go ahead. No, and because of no substance in which it can manifest, it has no continuity. Got to stop. That's it. Got to stop. That applies to the weather, too. Yes. I've been feeling better these last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Looking to that, you know, love is controls the weather. And, and I don't have to look to the effects <clears throat> for anything but, you know, God. Thank you, Craig. Yes, that's it. We, and we demonstrate these truths by living it. It's not something you just yank on a chain and pull it down when you're in, in trouble. You live it. You've got to live it daily, and you'll demonstrate it. There is another uh, point I've been thinking about talking about for a while. It's a, it's a lesson we were taught here. It's called God's disposal of events now one of the great things i found when i came into christian science was that when uh you know you're you're struck with some not a good thing happening whether it's disease or anything um in my old religion presbyterianism it was a sense of fatalism there's nothing you can do about it maybe it's it's god's yeah god's plan or god's law that you're going to be sick or you you lost a child or some of these horrible things right that's that's how i was taught as a child in in old theology in science you find out no that's not true god never said it you can change change all this for the better and then, but then there's something else, and it's called trust God's disposal of events. And Mrs. Evans would tell this story. Well, first, when she was second reader, um, her beloved daughter, who was I think 17 at the time, eloped. And it, you know, here we talk about when you take take up the cross when you start doing this work sometimes things can happen this was the example she one of the examples she would tell us and it was very distressing for her and then um she had her daughter had a couple of children very close in age and um it turned out that mrs evans ended up taking care of one of the children the, the little girl after her daughter got divorced. Yeah, after the marriage didn't work out. And and so, Mrs. Evans. So, you see, don't just think because you name the name of Christian science, life's a bowl of cherries. We all have things to work on. And, and she did. And I'm always grateful because she freely shared. She didn't have this pride that she wouldn't tell us about these things. She shared it with us so we could learn from it. So she took care of this very beloved child. And the child brought great light into her home. And she used to say, even though... 
she was very busy. She began to be very busy in the practice. She always knew the child would be blessed by the prayerful work that was done in her home. And um, she loved this little girl very much. But then when the little girl became a teenager, uh, she decided that she wanted to go and live with her mother. And her mother had moved to San Diego, California, and had remarried, happily remarried. And Mrs. Evans said, and I remember I was working with her at the time. She was just devastated by this, that she loved this little girl. And it was heartbreaking. Um, But she said she'd learned to trust God's disposal of events. Having done all to stand, when you're working in this truth, you're doing the best you can, and maybe things are not turning out according to your plan and your agenda, then you trust God's disposal of events. So this girl went west and lived with her mother, and at that time, Mrs. Evans had not been having much contact with her daughter for various reasons. But that because that child went home or to her mother, Everything changed, and there, all the relations changed. And Mrs. Evans became very close to her daughter again. She was close to her granddaughter. They used to, she'd go out there and visit. And what seemed to have been a terrible situation turned out to be a good situation eventually. And she always taught that story. So remember. And, and, and then Mrs. Evans' practice got so full yeah. that she had time for her granddaughter anyway. Yeah, and all kinds of things begin to happen. But just remember, it's one thing if you're not doing anything and your whole world is collapsing. But when you're working the best you can and you're praying in the truth and things are not turning out just exactly as you planned or wanted them to, that's when you say, I will trust God's disposal of events. And he's moving situations. He's doing things you don't even know about. And in this case... It, it worked for great good, and, and, and Mrs. Evans would rejoice in that, that it all worked out so well. And so, so it is. And, and so, stand, having done all to stand, don't give up or don't think God's not working. God is working, just as he was working at Pearl Harbor. Maybe not in the, all the ways we wanted him to, but he's there for those people who are loving him and obeying him and doing the best they know how he is there taking care 91st psalm absolutely working never doubted just because of to our human sense things seem to not be so great well just you wait and see (laughs) and then this is something if you all should know this this is this is such a wonderful treatment in the lesson. It's number 12 in Science and Health. Craig, you want to read it for us? Jesus beheld in science the perfect man who appeared to him where a sinning mortal man appears to mortals. In this perfect man, the Savior saw God's own likeness. And this correct view of man healed the sick. Thus Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is intact, universal, and that man is pure and holy. Thank you. This is, this is how Jesus healed. This is how we need to heal, right? He beheld the perfect man where everyone else saw a sinning mortal man. And in this perfect man, the Savior saw God's own likeness. Are we seeing God's own likeness? And this correct view of man is what healed the sick. It's a very, very powerful statement to work with, to think about. And as you go about your daily round, because right where, you know, the worst situation can be, is, is God, because what do we say? God is, what is his law? I am all. I am all. So you can dispel that illusion. Go ahead. Someone. Next one? No, no, I'm just asking if anyone else was about to speak. 
So, and that's true of, of illusions about yourself too. Are you seeing, are you seeing God's own likeness in yourself? Are you? Yes. Good. <laughs> that's a right answer. Right answer. <laughs> so, it's a big deal, I think. <laughs> it, is a, it is a big deal, and it, it doesn't always come easy. We we got to work on these things, and mm-hmm. and uh, but think of the beautiful statements of truth Mrs. Eddie has given us, and just one powerful statement like that. You could work at that for years and years. In fact, I have, and I do. It never grows old. The truth is always working, and it's wonderful. So we know God is the only cause. He's the only creator. He created it all good, and that we know for sure. And we will end now with something from Miscellaneous Writings. This is from Miscellaneous Writings. It's a letter to the First Church of Christ Scientist in Lawrence. It is the purpose of divine love to resurrect the understanding and the kingdom of God the reign of harmony already within us. Through the word that is spoken unto you, you are made free. Abide in his word, and it shall abide in you, and the healing Christ will again be made manifest in the flesh, understood and glorified. Honor thy father and mother God. Continue in his love. Bring forth fruit, signs following that your prayers be not hindered. Pray without ceasing. Watch diligently. Never desert the post of spiritual observation and self-examination. Strive for self-abnegation, justice, meekness, mercy, purity, love. Let your light reflect light. Have no ambition, affection, nor aim apart from holiness. Forget not for a moment that God is all in all. Therefore, that in reality there is but one cause and effect. The pride of circumstance or power is the prince of this world that has nothing in Christ. All power and happiness are spiritual and proceed from goodness Sacrifice self to bless one another, even as God has blessed you. Forget self in laboring for mankind. Then will you woo the weary wanderer to your door, win the pilgrim and stranger to your church, and find access to the heart of humanity. While pressing meekly on, be faithful. Be valiant in the Christian's warfare, and peace will crown your joy. Mary Baker Eddy. One cause and effect. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.